Zany Siskin of The Weekly List and author of the book, The List. And welcome to episode 143 of The Weekly List Podcast. This is the ninth episode in a segment called Democracy at Risk. Welcome. It's been a month since we spoke last and we are recording this podcast today because Trump is saying alarming things and having no consequences. We're continuing to have alarming things reported from his time in office, as well as his efforts to overthrow the 2020 election, and still no accountability or consequences. Much like the last episode when we spoke, and at that point the Senate was coming back to work, I had some hope that they would hit the ground running, accomplish things as we head into midterms. Midterms are now nine months away. Uh, Sadly, that has not happened. There's nothing of major consequence that Democrats have accomplished in 2022. What do midterms mean other than the fact that they're midterms? Well, as we know, there's a January 6th House committee set up to investigate January 6th. One of the first things that the Republicans have said out loud they plan to do is shut that down. They'll also work to slow and basically cut off any progress for Biden and his agenda. So um, this election is super important, and it's at a time when there's a feeling of great malaise in our country. There's a Gallup poll that is done monthly that asks voters, are you satisfied or dissatisfied with the way things are going in the U.S.? Uh, In January 2022, only 17% of Americans told Gallup they were satisfied. 82% were dissatisfied. That's the low thus far under Biden. Uh, There were a few times under Trump's time in office where it got down lower than that, but this is a new low for Biden. It also comes as Biden's approval is at its low point, and only one point better than Trump got to at his low point. So things are not going well for the Democrats. The mood of the country is somber. The economy seems to be improving. Inflation is running hot. Uh, We had a surge that is now subsiding in Omicron. The country is weary of the pandemic. There's been inconsistent, inconsistent messaging on the pandemic. One of the things that we discussed in this podcast that Biden promised to do when he took office, and he knew this was a defining moment in our country's history, is to show the American people that the government worked. One of the premises of authoritarianism is that government does not work, and that therefore you should trust a strong man like Donald Trump, or if he doesn't run in 2024, like a Ted Cruz or a Josh Hawley, um, and trust an autocrat to make things happen that a government functioning cannot make happen. So Biden had said that when he took office, how important it was that he set a marker for democracy. Uh, I'm a huge Biden fan. I think he's doing all he can. I I believe that the Senate is hobbling him, where we have a 50-50 split and weak leadership. But it is where we stand now, folks, that we are nine months away from this midterm and um, at a low point. 
there's plenty of time to turn things around. The economy can get better. The economy's doing well. Uh, the messaging can be approved. COVID can be dealt with in a more consistent manner. But those are all things to be told. There is also a feeling in the country that there's been no accountability or consequences for anything. Um, we're going to talk about things that Trump is saying now out loud with no consequences. We're going to talk about things that he did during his time in office that are being reported. No consequences. We are now a full year plus month out from the time he left office. And other than the 750 criminal charges against people involved with the January 6th insurrection, there's been no accountability for anyone in this regime who carried out the lawlessness on his behalf before and including January 6th. So that is how things feel in America. Again, this podcast is part of an archive at the University of Pennsylvania's Annenberg School and the Library of Congress. Our purpose here is to share what's happening, but also from a historic standpoint to explain to America, listening 100 years from now, what things felt like and things do not feel good. I'll tell you anecdotally, I'll pass people on the street and I'll say to them, I'm hosting some events, uh, you know, as we get into midterms. And a couple of people said to me today, it feels the same under Democrats as Republicans. Nothing's happening. Uh, if you're in the weeds, obviously that's not true. And obviously things are vastly different in terms of what we endured under four years of Trump than the calm that we're feeling under Biden. But that's not how people who are not all that politically involved are viewing it. They're viewing it as all this stuff happened. There was no consequences. We just want to like move on and live our life. Politics isn't working for us. And that, my friends, is the danger that could lead us back to authoritarianism. That is, in some ways, parallel to what happened in Nazi Germany in between the first time Hitler tried to gra grab power and failed and the second time he succeeded. This feeling of, of government not working, this feeling of elected officials on the, in their case, their conservative party, in our case, the Republican Party, being willing to go along with the worst things that are detrimental to our democracy for their own personal gain. So there's a lot of similarities that continue and are extremely alarming. And for those of us who have been screaming about what is happening and the steps Trump is taking to be able to overturn the 2024 election if he runs again, the frustration is nothing has come of it. So now we batten down the hatches and we start to focus on midterms. That's what I'm doing. Focusing on key races that we need to keep. Focusing on Michigan, where Trump tried to overturn the election in 2020 and making sure we can keep their governor, secretary of state, and attorney general in place. And the other states, similarly, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Georgia, Arizona. Uh, that is the grand plan. And it's happening in the light of day. Now, in other news, the January 6th committee continues to do their work. It's been 13 months since the insurrection, still no consequences, no accountability. I am one of the many people that have been very publicly advocating for this committee to hold public hearings, to bring the American people along. 
You need to bring the American people along. We have not had a public hearing since the summer of 2021. We'll get little leaks here and there about texts sent by Fox News or by Donald Jr. or Ivanka, but no public hearings. They say April. Okay, now we're going to wait till April. You have to bring the American people along. What we do hear, and we continue to hear, but it happens so much and then doesn't seem to get us anywhere, is uh, the, the committee is issuing subpoenas. It's been two months since Mark Meadows, Trump's chief of staff, was subpoenaed. He initially had cooperated before being subpoenaed and stopped. But the committee made a referral to the Department of Justice on Meadows. It's two months. Nothing. What is going on with our Department of Justice? What is Garland doing? It's been two months. The clock is ticking. There were new subpoenas issued for Rudy Giuliani and lawyers Jenna Ellis and Sidney Powell and former White House aide Boris Epstein. Who thinks these people are going to cooperate? <laughs> Trump's telling them not to cooperate. Meadows is getting away with it. Bannon is getting away with it. They're being subpoenaed because they made these false claims of election fraud, helped incite January 6th, were in part involved in a meeting at the Willard Hotel ahead of January 6th to plan this. Also subpoenaed were individuals that tried to act as fake electors, another Rudy Giuliani brain scheme. I mean, it's hard to make this stuff up, but it actually happened. Rudy Giuliani was trying to organize Republicans to take the place of actual electors, be fake electors, and show up for the formal counting of electors. They focused on seven states. It's the states we keep talking about. You can say them by heart. <laughs> Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Arizona, Georgia. And then in this case, I had New Mexico and Nevada. Rudy had organized fake electors, and they were going to say that their states, even though those states went for Biden, they were going to say those states went for Trump. And part of this cockamamie scheme was to have Vice President Pence throw out Biden's authentic electors and replace them with these GOP fake electors. Uh, that has been referred, a criminal referral has been made about these fake electors to the DOJ. That is supposedly something they have underway, but that's all we know. Trump said at one of his rallies out loud, he's still criticizing Pence, saying his vice president let them all down. He could have, over, he could have, well, it's not his words overturned, but he could have done the right thing by Trump and overthrown this fake election. To his credit, and I say this very few times, the credit to Pence for anything other than being a coward, but Pence stood up to him and said, no, and, and in a speech of the Federal Society, no, I could not have overthrown the election. So a little bit of pushback. Peter Navarro, the White House advisor, who has publicly admitted on multiple occasions, even put in a book that he was working with Bannon to, Steve Bannon, to develop a plan to delay and reject the 2020 results has also now been subpoenaed by the January 6th Commission. But again, folks, you got to bring the American people along. 
there's going to be a report and people are going to already have lost interest and given up. These are the exact conditions that lead to authoritarianism when people believe that there's no consequences. These are the conditions when there are broken norms, the really simple stuff, like laying bare the fact that our whole election process was in some ways reliant on the good intention of the people participating. And we saw for the first time in our country's history with Trump that there were people with bad intent. Why have we not addressed this broken norm? Our Senate hasn't, has not passed voting rights protection, but they also have done nothing to address these irregularities that could be the same path. It could be a dry run for Trump installing fake electors again in 2024, and this time getting away with it. So, um, folks, that's what this whole project was about, was about tracking broken norms and the need to fix them and address them and codify them so broken norms would then become the no new normal. But you, you can hear the frustration in my voice that here we are 13 months in and these things are not happening. The Washington Post and other news has reported that Giuliani also asked a GOP prosecutor in Northern Michigan, remember how I've been saying Michigan is like their ground zero for trying to overthrow the election in 2020 and they're trying to take over the senior roles there in these midterms ahead of 2024. Uh, there's a, a county called Atrium, Antrim, Antrim County where initially it's a Republican county, the night of the election, they had miscounted and said that Biden won by 3,000 votes. They corrected that. Uh, Trump and Rudy Giuliani tried to use that to this clerical mistake to say there was a vast conspiracy. And the Post is reporting, according to this Republican prosecutor in the county, that Team Trump tried to get the actual electoral votes, the election, election box votes. <laughs> he refused to give it to them. Rudy was behind this, but he said it was the first time in his time in office or in the history of Michigan that someone had tried to get the voting machines. What would Rudy have done with the voting machines? That was reported. In Georgia, the district attorney, Fannie Willis, has announced and said she's asked the Supreme Court of Fulton County to impanel a grand jury to investigate Trump's efforts there. Remember, he had asked Raffsenberger to overthrow the 2020 results and find 11,780 votes to help him take Georgia. He's, he's recorded saying that. So finally, that investigation is getting underway. Uh, in May, they're going to be and putting together a grand jury and paneling a grand jury. But again, we are so far into this. The progress is so slow. Trump heard about this and then at a rally that he held in Texas, uh, attacked the district attorney, who's an African-American woman, as well as attacking two uh, New York officials who are going after him that are also African-American and very racist attacks. But after he did that, the district attorney there, Fannie Willis, said, told reporters that she had asked the FBI for protection. I mean, this stuff is happening in the light of day. <laughs> Trump is saying this stuff. 
still because he's had no consequences. Why not? You know, he's becoming even more brazen. Also at this rally, in the light of day, Trump told his supporters that he intended to pardon every one of the folks that have been charged criminally for offenses on January 6th. He says this in the light of day. And folks, as we've learned from his time in office, when he says these things, he generally means them. There was some minor pushback by his buddy, Lindsey Graham, a couple of others, but largely these comments get reported. And it's like the time he was in office, everyone is like outraged, but nothing's happened. He intends to do these things. The Republican National Committee, which showed itself to continue to be an appendage of Donald J. Trump, this last week had their winter meeting in Salt Lake City. They voted to censure the two Republicans, Liz Cheney and Adam Kissinger, for the offense of serving on the January 6th committee. Adam Kissinger, as as well as many of the Republicans who voted away from Trump, Uh, on impeachment after the January 6th insurrection, many of them have just left office. They're not going to run for re-election. Good people are not going to serve. The RNC went so far to say that Liz Cheney, who is running, that they would recognize her primary challenger as the party's presumptive nominee. It's unheard of. This is all the RNC doing Trump's dirty work, but it gets worse. The RNC chair, Ronna McDaniel, called January 6th a, quote, legitimate political discourse. Now that, I mean, alarming. This is what we've been talking about in the podcast, but for the Republican National Committee to say this, finally, this got some pushback. Not from Kevin McCarthy, member, leader of the House, House Minority Leader. He's happy to go along with Trump and carry his water. There was pushback from Mitch McConnell, who said the events on January 6th, quote, We saw it happen. It was a violent insurrection for the purpose of trying to prevent the peaceful transfer of power after a legitimately certified election from one administration to the next. That's what it was. Also, uncharacteristically, Mitch McConnell mentioned the RNC and went after them, saying, quote, Traditionally, the view of the National Party committees is that we support all members of our party, regardless of their positions on some issues. The issues is whether or not the RNC should be sort of singling out members of our party who may have different views of the majority. That's not the job of the RNC. Now, McConnell's just saying that because he's concerned about whether he can get power back in the midterms. And there's this sort of Republican civil war, which is too strong of a characterization because there's not really much of a fight against Trump. (laughs) Once in a while, McConnell will ring the bell and say, oh, no, you've gone too far, like saying you'll pardon everyone. And January 6th was not a bridge too far for McConnell. This was a bridge too far. But McConnell doesn't care about our democracy. He cares about getting back power after the midterms. But you can see how this puts the Republican Party 
in a position of backing Trump, of not going along with anything that would prevent an overthrow of the election in 2024. So all that happened. And then I, I'm going to close out with, like, in the category of you can't make this stuff up, which is what we talked about for four years of this project. What did Trump run on when he ran? Hillary's emails. That's all we heard about. Lock her up. Lock her up. Hillary's emails. How dare she? Well, this week it was reported that the National Archives and Records Administration, a very, like, you know, who would think it's sort of like, you know, that IRS is the one who got Al Capone. Who would think the National Archives would be the one to ask the Department of Justice to investigate Trump? <laughs> it made a criminal referral against Donald Trump, the National Archives did, amid recent revelations that they recovered 15 boxes of materials from Mar-a-Lago that were not handed back. It's the way they were required to. And also that Trump had turned over other records that had literally been torn up into pieces. This is like mafia stuff. I mean, the other super important aspect of this offense is that these items included classified information. That was the whole thing with Hillary's, the accusations against Hillary that she had in her emails had classified information. Well, Trump literally had classified information at Mar-a-Lago. Now you listen to the reporters and the pundits and they say, eh, so what? Nothing's going to happen. Uh, so we don't know if there will be any justice for this. Among the materials they recovered were correspondence with Kim Jong-un, who, you know, the ones that we covered in the weekly list, his love letters to Kim Jong-un, as well as a letter left for Trump by President Barack Obama. As well as, remember the map of Hurricane Dorian that had been altered with a black marker from Trump? He brought that down to Mar-a-Lago, too. Ah, so, I, you know, I feel like I'm still in the list because I'm, I'm either telling you the stuff that's been reported subsequently or I'm telling you stuff is do, Trump is doing in the light of day. And still no consequences. Still nothing put in place to prevent what happened in 2020 from happening again. Still, other than a minor few instances where broken norms have been codified in some way to prevent them from happening again, the vast, vast majority of the things that we covered in this project have gone unaddressed. And folks, time is running out. We again have nine months until the midterms. So uh, with that, we will watch with keen eyes and stay optimistic that our Department of Justice has things underway, as Garland told us in the last podcast, that they were on it for January 6th and the wheels of progress were turning. And hopefully these fake electors, there's a criminal referral for that. There's a criminal referral for the, from the National Archives. There's Letitia James is in court. There's Fulton County. There's all these things happening. But again, no consequences yet. So that's where we sit. Everyone stay safe. Until next time, take care.